0: Last week, we ended the week looking at John chapter 6, Who Do You Say That I Am? Today, as we begin the week, we have a final look at that passage of Scripture. Join us for Truth For Today. So who do you say Jesus is? Is he a crazy man, a good prophet, or actually the Son of God? Well, that's the question we're looking at here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're back in the book of John, chapter 6. Jesus has done an awful lot in this chapter, enough for us to properly answer that question. Who do you say Jesus is? It's a question he addresses to Peter and the other disciples. Well, what about you? Who do you say Jesus is? Join us for today's broadcast of truth for today. Here's Pastor Phil. This, this
1: man's a sinner, right? Watch now. It's, it's wonderful what the ignorant and untaught figure out. He said, Well, whether he's a sinner or not, one thing I know I was blind and I can now see. Woo! I, I'm telling you, uh, it helps to have some experiential Christianity. We used to sing a song with black folks taught us. You wasn't there, you weren't there, but I know what happened to me because I was there. Well, that's experiential. Yes, honey, getting saved is experiential. Well, I, I've never, uh, I've never been changed since I met him. I know because you've not met the one that's the change agent. He changes you, and and if he kicks over a barrel of honey in your heart, joy, forgiveness, peace. Don't tell me it's like taking a drink. Well, I believed on him, but uh, nothing's happened. Uh -uh -uh -uh. If you understand, I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. Messiah bore my sin. When your eyes come open, you remember when old Jonathan ate that honey, it said his eyes lit up. When you get the honey of salvation... There will be an experiential component. I find people that get nervous about experience are usually people that don't know him. They've got some facts. They've got some matter of fact, they can even quote the gospel. Jesus born, died, buried, rose again. I'm going to heaven. Why, the devil can quote that. False teachers can quote it. A lot more getting saved is faith in a person. Not in just a little formula. A person saves. A person saves. Not just facts. Facts about the person ought to be accurate. But Jesus saves. Jesus. A person saves. A real person. Well, uh, they start in, give glory to God. He blows it. He said, well, I, um, I just know I was blind. I can see. What did he do to you? They, well, I've told you once, and you don't believe it. And, and they begin to revile him. And he said, he, he got, he really upset. He said, oh, you guys are fixing to join him and to start following him. And, and they broke out with hives. I mean, they are, I believe they're rabid at this point. You've got to be kidding. Moses is our teacher. We follow Moses. Don't dare identify us with this man. So, um. Uh, they go on down. They said, this man, in verse 29, we do not know where he comes from. Why, this is an amazing thing. You don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes? We know that God doesn't hear to outrage the sinners. Uh, it, that's a broad statement. Basically, men that don't know God, walking with him. We're all sinners, but in the sense he's using it, God doesn't hear wicked men. He, he hears men that are worshipers of him and who are righteous. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a blind man. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Now the theological problem. They kick him out of the synagogue. And now you gotta, you got to have your Bible open. And you've got to walk through me with it through this 35 to 41. Because I would have never wrote this. And I would have never picked this chapter to preach. That's why when we pick Bible books, it's kind of sink or swim. Because we don't know every passage before we get it. There's a tension that goes on here that's amazing. Follow me. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? This is a favorite title. Mark uses it the most. But it comes right out of Daniel 7, where the Messiah is called Son of Man. And it's a messianic term. Do you believe in him? Listen to this man. Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said, you have seen him. And the guy's like, have I? Watch. And it is he who is speaking to you. Remember, Jesus wasn't at the pool. This is his first time to ever see the man that healed him. And now Jesus is revealing his identity. Hey, I'm the Son of Man. I'm Messiah. You're not only getting to see me, but you're getting to hear me. And look what he does. Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And in the Gospel of John, the whole book, he said, I'm just trying to get you to do this. See who Jesus is and say, I believe. And that will give you eternal life. He doesn't mention then you've got to repent and you've got to get baptized and you've got to give to the church and you've got to sell out, clean up. Straighten up. Do you believe who Jesus is? Let's start there. You've got to put your faith in Jesus. Not in whether you can live it or not. Not in all the other things we've added. And all the rules of the religion is. It's not signing up for rules. It's signing up for a relationship. You are who you say you are. And this book is saying that chapter after chapter, he heals the sick. He raises the dead. He does what no other man has ever done. Friend, who is he? Why don't you get it? Why don't you get it? Because you're blind as a bat until God pays you a visit and gives you spiritual perception. And so something happens here. Watch this. He said, I believe. Then Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. What is this? I want the blind to see and I want those who see to become blind. Wow. Wow. I mean, I don't mind making the blind see, but making everybody that can see blind seems weird. He is quoting what he said in Isaiah, and that's quoted in Matthew 13. And it goes this way. This is the commentary. Let me just read the verse to you. He's doing miracles. They're denying him in chapter 12 of Matthew. They say he's demon-possessed. So after Matthew 12, he does no more miracles. And he goes to the parabolic method of teaching. Because he said, I want to withhold it from you. And when he started teaching these parables, the people weren't getting it. They weren't understanding it. And so he says, uh, you will indeed hear, but never understand. Verse 14. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. and did not hear it. Isaiah 6 said, prophesy to the people that hearing they may not hear and seeing they may see make them become dull. Make them dull. And he says, there is a veil over the eyes of Israel. Even today in the reading of the law, their eyes are veiled. They're blind. They can read Scripture all day and never comprehend its message. Because the veil is only removed in Christ. And then he said, the God of this age is blinding the eyes of those that don't believe. uh, That they should see the glory in the face of Jesus. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, when we preach, it's like unleashing perfume in the room. And those being saved say, man, that's now number five. That's obsession for sure. Eternity, bring it on. These are men. This is good stuff. Ooh, yes. It smells good. And your same audience says, Ooh, that stinks. Wow. Who let that skunk in the room? Because to those being saved, the gospel smells like perfume. The aroma of God. Woo! You mean to tell me God has died for me, took my place, wants to save. Honey, that smells good to a sinner going to hell. It smells good to know your sins are forgiven. Woo! I want to shout. I want to revert. I'm liable to have a conniption here. My first time back, I got my strength. Oh, I want to run. I want to shout. I want to say this smells wonderful. I'm bringing a pardon to a man that's only smelling the smoke of death and eternal fire. And all of a sudden, the gospel penetrates. And he said, I no longer smell sulfur. I smell the cross. I smell forgiveness. I smell Jesus. I smell heaven's best. I smell the aroma of salvation. But that man that's perishing says, it's stupid. It's foolish. I don't want it. I don't get it. What do you guys get all whipped up about? Don't you know the 49ers are playing this afternoon? So what? Ain't any of them died for me. Ain't any of them can get me to heaven. And they're in desperate need of this perfume and aroma. But men, one says, I see it. Another guy says, I don't know what you're talking about. One over here says, it smells good. Another guy says, it smells rotten. So, so, well, maybe if we get Billy Graham to you, you'll get saved. No, Billy can't get you saved. Jesus has got to make a visit to you. And find you in your lostness. Find you in your blindness, physical and spiritual. And Jesus has to pay a visit and do his specialty, giving sight to the blind. Do you want to see him? If you want to see him, that might be the first clue he's come by. If you don't want him, he won't bother you. If you don't want him, he'll pass you by. I said he'll pass you by. 7 billion people in the world, the majority of which will miss Christ and go to a Christless eternity. Why you? Why did you get it? The Spirit of God and the grace of God alone can make you comprehend who this man is. It's called grace. It's the Spirit giving you perception. It says, but, but my people, but my people were like this ignorant poor beggar. Where did your people come from? Started my family with a German Baptist preacher. Yunt was his name. Had a daughter named Emma. And she became the mother of my father. My father knelt in a cornfield in Oklahoma at nine years of age and received Christ. Then his seven kids, two by death, five by the new birth, all received the same God. Why? Why? Check us out on the chart. You won't see us in any who's who's list. You won't see our pedigree. We're unimpressive unimpressive, uh, dirt of the earth. Plain folks that survived the Depression and landed in California. Man, we're unimpressive. But I'll tell you what he did. He made us see who Jesus is. He made us see who Jesus is. He gave us that vision. And when we didn't have this world's goods and we didn't have all the training of the rabbis and, and of all the theologians, God looks up poor folks. I think of our black friends, oh, you precious people. I think of your story, how much has suffered in Africa. Oh, how Africa has suffered. How Africa has suffered. Being sold by your chiefs, put on ships, treated like animals. Oh, it's a miracle you still exist. I went to an NAACP meeting, and when the pastor prayed, he said, I thank you, Lord, for all my relatives that didn't jump off the ship so I could be born. And they'd all jumped off. They'd all been drowned. And my whole family tree would have ended in the Atlantic Ocean. But they stayed in a hole in the ground. They slept in manure. And they were sold to do sugarcane fields in the Caribbean. But my people finally landed in Georgia and Charleston. And I went to the slave market in Charleston where they sold men and women like animals. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Jesus made a visit into Georgia. He made a visit in Mississippi. He went down to Louisiana. And when Martin Luther King went over to Oslo, Norway, to pick up the Nobel Peace Prize and nearly killed in Alabama, Birmingham, and he's over there, and uh, a bunch of those who went with him to Oslo said, let's break out and have a party. We brought plenty of, uh, of wine, plenty uh, of champagne, and they're getting ready to pop all the battles, and all of a sudden, his old daddy and mama stood up. His daddy was pastor of Ebenezer before Martin. And he said, Hey, uh, before anything served around here called champagne, he said, Could we take a moment to say that one day my wife and I knelt on red. Georgia soil and said, Lord, would you give us a child? And if you do, we'll give him back to you. And you saw us in our suffering. You saw us when we couldn't vote. You saw us when all we were good for were cotton fields. And God stooped down on the red soil of Georgia and he saved us. And Alabama, he paid a visit, and he saved us. I've been able to preach the gospel by which this boy said, it it was no champagne that made him what he is. It wasn't champagne that got my people this far. Jesus paid a visit in cotton fields. Jesus paid a a visit to poor folks, non-theologians, just the poor folks that other folks didn't know what to do but try to persecute them one people after another one people did you know what they say the uh, the most common tongue of Christianity is today the Spanish tongue they say that more Latinos have come to faith than any other group and they say China is on its way to outnumber all other countries for converts that China is up to about 55 million people The communists can't win when Jesus pays a visit he can break the fetters he can save he can penetrate the darkness Jesus is walking through history Jesus is making visits and when he shows up your physical blindness can go but that doesn't matter it's the eyes of the heart that have to be opened And then he ends with this. For judgment I came into the world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Well, that's weird. And he's talking to the religious rulers. I've come that you guys that think you see. I'm going to see that you become blind. Some of the Pharisees, they they caught on. They said, "Are, are we also blind? And now Jesus disappoints me here. He ought to say, yeah, you're as blind as a bat. But he doesn't. So Jesus, you've worked me over this week trying to get the meaning. He said, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. What in the world are you saying? What are you saying? One hand, they're blind. They can't see who he is. On the other hand, he says, I want to hold you accountable because you can't see. What is it, Jesus? Here's what I think it is. This is Howard 9-1. Uh, i think he's saying you have physical eyes you have seen unmistakable miracles you know this boy's healed the neighbor says healed the parents say he's healed the boys told you twice in interviews i'm healed and this man did it and he wouldn't even argue for who he was because he'd never seen him and of course eventually it comes to faith i believe but said uh, but you guys have seen Miracles that only Messiah can do. Miracles that only a man from God can do. If your own sons do it, you said in Matthew 12, you say they're used of God. The finger of God is wielding them. But when I did it, you call me a demon-possessed man. You are choosing not to believe in full view of my miracles. Just the external When you wind up before the white throne judgment of God, you're going to see me there, and I'm going to say, you saw me down there in Palestine about 30 A.D. You saw so many miracles that had Bethsaida or Chorazin seen them, they would have believed. Had Nineveh seen what I did, they would have believed. But oh now, with all the evidence, you chose I will not say this man is from God, is the Son of God. So you're not blind to the evidence, but you're blind to my identity. So listen, here's the line. I want you to get this. Every man is guilty enough, sees enough to be guilty for eternity. But only God can make you see and be saved. But you've had enough information... That God will hold you accountable. You saw plenty. You Matter of fact, this sermon, this sermon, if you leave here without Christ, God may play you this sermon at the white throne and say, Don't say you didn't hear it. Because your ears have become the new eyes. I save men through hearing, not seeing. They hear and they say, Did you hear that preacher tell you Jesus is God? Yep. Yeah. Did you hear that preacher say you need to believe in Christ to be saved? Yeah. Were you at that service at 9 uh, 916 uh there in the sanctified hour, They're past 12:30? Uh so you know it's holy ground. And uh so did, were you there? Yes, I was. Did you trust Christ? No. Did you believe? No. Uh, did you did you want me? No. That's why I'm here to say you've condemned yourself. For when light came, you chose darkness. When I came, you chose to remain in your sin. When I pled with you, you chose not to hear. You put your fingers in your ears, hands over your hands, eyes. And so I'm going to send you to a place where you'll never see again. For it's outer darkness. And you'll never be bothered with any more information about God. He's going to shut you off from everything you can know about Him, everything you can feel about Him. I'll see the Spirit won't be there. I'll see the truth won't be there. It will only be all men who would rather deny me than to come to Him. My only alternative is a place called the lake of fire and outer darkness. Why don't you come to the light? Why don't you get it? What more does God get you. The choice is left.
0: Well, as we come to the close of our time today here on Truth For Today, we would leave you with our address and phone number in the event you'd like to reach out to us. Maybe you have a question about today's program, a question about your own relationship with Christ. Maybe you'd like to review today's message or any past message here on Truth For Today. Reach out to us at truthfortodayradio.org, online, or call. The phone number is 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. One other thought to consider as we conclude our time together today, we know that the challenging times we live in make for rather challenging growth opportunities in Christ. And if this broadcast is helping you in your walk and relationship with Christ, would you consider partnering with us financially and prayerfully? Again, these are very challenging times, since ministries all over the world are actually suffering. And they are being challenged as to how to continue ministering the gospel of Christ. And truth for today is no different. If you consider this broadcast a blessing to you, would you consider being a blessing to us? 100% of your donation is tax-deductible, and it goes right back into the radio ministry. Whether it's a one-time gift, a monthly gift, small or large, it all makes a huge difference. And your prayers and requests to the Lord about the continuation of Truth For Today are even more appreciated. Reach out to us at truthfortodayradio.org or, again, call 855-833-9864. Or you can write out a check and address your envelope to 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, may Christ be your truth for today.